This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Imagine if before every social campaign, you looked at whether or not it was building your brand gaining insights for you, and converting sales. That's exactly what the Center of Excellence at American Greetings has done, and it's led by Don Waite. Don Waite is the Director of Marketing and Head of Social Media at American Greetings, and you are going to hear one of the best approaches to social media in the land. Welcome, Don, to the show. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today. And I, I just love American Greetings because I think about the joy and happiness it brings so many people um, and love it so much. So I'm so excited to have you on the show. But before we get to American Greetings, I want to talk much more about you, Dawn. So tell me the story of your career and how you got started. Well, beyond the bullets that you can see in LinkedIn or on a resume, when I think back about my career, I really find that there are three common themes across my experience. And what I've really enjoyed being able to do is solve problems, build things, and create opportunity. So in terms of solving problems, I've had great opportunities, even from my first job out of college, to really think about a problem differently and be given the leeway to create a solution for that. So at my very first job at Coastal Pet Products, I was able to create a training program that we deployed nationwide to be able to train employees at retail stores how to work with the product and make sense of it, help customers with it. And before I knew it, I was leading a team of five people who are traveling all over the country, selling in this program and really turning things around. And at uh, Cheap Tickets, I also had the opportunity to help reposition that brand around the idea of simple, a simple experience that people were looking for when they were booking their travel and helped collaborate across the organization to improve the user experience and the communications across all the touch points at our website, call center, and at retail to help deliver on the promise. So solving problems is a very fun thing to do. Uh, also like building things. So at Artful Home, I had the opportunity to help them really build and grow their online business, uh, deploying mm. a new e-commerce strategy and a more robust website and also helped expand their digital marketing toolkit. But speaking of American Greetings and building things, I had the opportunity here recently to build a social media and content marketing center of excellence, and one that has had some great hits over the last three years that contributed to the success of several key brand initiatives, including our award-winning World's Toughest Job viral video, purpose-driven, thankless social movements, and the disruptive analog activation that's going to be going live at South by Southwest Interactive this weekend. And then the third, thank you. Uh, The third part, as I reflect back, is just creating opportunity. And I think this is probably the most important part. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with some phenomenal people 
throughout my career. And at this point, I'm now in the position of being able to coach, mentor, and lead individuals and teams. And so I think it's important to provide good direction, give feedback, and express gratitude as you're doing that and try to offer as many opportunities as possible for challenge, for ownership, and when possible, also for advancement. And so when you look at each of these things and solving problems and building things and creating opportunities, do you do you feel like that was something that came to you along the way, along the journey of your career or and something you sort of discovered? Or did you start out kind of knowing what you wanted to do or knowing in some way, you know, the direction that you wanted to take? Was it was it something that was learned over time and you kind of just flowed with it? Or did you have a specific direction within your career? That's a really good question. So I knew that I wanted to focus and build a career in marketing, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what path I would take through that. So I have ended up working at multiple companies and through different industries throughout that, that path. And I've just been open to opportunities at each place. And so I've loved making things up as I go. And so I've been given lots of opportunities to be able to think about things differently. So I think it was a combination of initiative and being open that led to a lot of opportunities that I could then build upon as I advanced throughout my career. Incredible. So you knew that the the trajectory was in marketing in some in some capacity, right? But through the learning, it kind of guided you. Yeah, I love that blend. So now here you are at American Greetings. And how long have you been there? I've been here a little over seven years. And you've had a, a variety of different marketing leadership positions there, correct? Yes, that's true. Talk to me a little bit about that because I have a lot of people who are kind of just getting into a company and learning how to grow from within. Tell me a little bit about what it takes to grow at a company like an American Greetings. So think, you know, you come into a big company and you're looking at um, what you need to do to advance your career while staying at the same organization. Yeah, I think similarly, being open to opportunities and also looking to make an impact where you can. Certainly when you join a company, you're hired for a specific reason or a project or a role and making the most of that opportunity while taking the time to really learn about what the organization does, what it does well, where it can make some improvements and meeting lots of people so that you can be top of mind when you're looking to make a change or people can understand your strengths and you can also see opportunities to make an impact in other areas. And I find that when you're open to those opportunities and you're really working hard to contribute, a lot of things come your way and you have the opportunity to move from role to role and continue to change and grow within an organization. Terrific. Now you talked about helping to build the social media and content marketing center of excellence at American Greetings. And so over time, since you've been there seven years, there must be a tremendous change to the approach in social media, especially since you were involved in that building, where you were as a company seven years ago to where you are today must be very different within the approach to social. Absolutely. And obviously the digital space and the social space have changed a lot. They change every single day. So being open to change has made it possible to grow within that space. But I think what we've really taken the time to do is focus on why we want to be in social and building brand, gaining insights, and driving conversion. So everything we do is trying to align with those three goals. And so we've focused the approach. We've thought about the reasons people are participating in social channels. And then we work to make sure that what we're providing in terms of content in those channels makes sense for consumers and it can really add value. So we're not just another voice. 
And so when you're looking at, so it's great that you talked about why you're in social around, because I always ask that. I always want to know like why the company's stepping back, why are they there? And so it sounds like it's building brand, gaining insights, and then conversions, right? Yes. And do you set metrics against each of those? Is that how you measure whether or not your approaches are successful? Are you looking at each of those, whether you're building the brand, what types of insights you're gaining, and then how you're converting them? When you're setting your KPIs, are they, are they set against those larger goals? Yes, we actually try to do that in everything that we're working on. So as brand building, you know, we're, we're working on helping drive discovery and awareness. We're cost-effectively extending our reach and are able to communicate our brand purpose and differentiate There's also as well as staying relevant. And we can measure that through focusing on reach and engagement as well as brand favorability. And we also pay attention to earned media mentions. So if we are doing things that are interesting to people, we love when people write about that and then share that with others. So it helps us mm. spread our brand purpose and what we're doing there. But when we talk about gaining insights, we look at the number of insights that we can share back with our product management teams or our customer service teams. And then finally, when we focus on the, the goal of driving conversion, because ultimately we always want to drive return on that investment that we're putting into social, we are able to measure things like site traffic, conversion yeah. to purchase, as well as revenue. So there's a lot of different things that we look at. And we have those goals in order on purpose, because we know it's a, a longer term relationship building process that we're going through in social. But we really want to make sure that everything we're doing is aligned with those goals. I really love it. And I think what makes you different from others that I've heard, I love that you track the number of insights that go through to your product team. I think that's an incredible thing and a real differentiator for you guys. That, that, that's incredible. Well, I love having social able to share with us consumer feedback in their own words. So whether they really love a product or they really have found something that's a point of frustration, we can share that with the people who are directly responsible for making those products or those experiences and make the changes. I love it. So talk to me a little bit about life before Center of Excellence and life post. How was social managed prior and how was it managed now that you have the Center of Excellence? So prior to establishing the strategy and the roles and goals and things that we have in place now, social was managed as mostly part-time jobs and mm -hmm. responsibilities for several employees throughout the company, but there was not a consolidated focused approach to why we should be there. So there were posts happening and there were, there were some good messages being uh, shared throughout the channels, but we took the opportunity to really decide why we wanted to be there and support social because we felt like it was a growing area of importance and really put the resources toward it, the strategic thinking, the metrics and all of those in place. So while we had a lot of disparate activity happening prior to this team being formed, now I feel like we have a really well-oiled machine in terms of uh, what content we are developing, what we're thinking about, what we're planning, and then what we're able to launch with and interact with consumers. Of course, I know all about the world's toughest job and the amazing campaign that you guys did there. Why don't you tell some of our listeners about it so they can see some of the stuff that comes out of that center of excellence? Great. I'm glad you had a chance to watch it. And I, I did. I loved it. Of course, <laughs> I loved it. I remember it well. I remember it really well. And that was an amazing experience for our entire team to go through and something that really solidified our partnership with Mullen Lowe, our agency, who worked with us to develop the campaign idea initially just to recognize the fact that moms are such an important part of the family. 
but not always appreciated in terms of the contributions they make. So viewing her position as more of a professional role and looking at how you would describe it as a job was an interesting twist. And so being part of that process of watching the interviews and seeing the the real people's feedback to these demanding tasks that moms and dads, by the way, but we were focusing on Mother's Day at the time, yep. that they take on in the family. Uh, it was just really interesting because when you think about it in terms of the long hours and the no breaks, it's a really difficult job. And so the the video itself had a nice unexpected twist, but it also included a suggestion to really think about mom and recognize her in a special way. And of course, we are happy when people choose to do that through a greeting card, but we, we just want her to be appreciated. And so I think that really struck a chord with people because whether they are a mom, they have a mom, they know a friend who's a mom, there was something that people could connect to and relate to and they were willing to share it. And so we were able to kind of help amplify that conversation and fuel it and people were sharing it themselves. We were able to scale back on some of the paid media we were planning to use to support it because it connected and resonated so well that people were sharing it organically and that got the news media interested and so it started building some momentum that honestly surprised us and it's not something that you can necessarily plan for but i'm glad that we had so many people in place and the tactics in place that we were able to help fuel that conversation so when celebrities and influencers were mentioning it in different places we could engage with them. And it ended up driving, I mean, it's been viewed more than 25 million times. It was shared over 2 million times. It went viral in 2014 and then actually went again in 2015 as people continued to discover it. Nice. For, for the brand, it earned almost $4 million in earned media and a tremendous amount of awards and accolades. And it's nice to see that recognition of the work, but we were really happy to know that millions of moms were thanked and acknowledged as a result of seeing that video. It's an interesting position when you create content that's that great and you hit on something that's that great. Do you feel um, the pressure to repeat and have things like, how do you top that? You know, you're creating all this content and it's very challenging, I think, when you create something that great um, to then sort of do it again. And so I'm really interested in your perspective on that. Are you, do you ever set, does that set a new barrier of success for you? Or do you know that that's something that, you know, hit a viral level that, is just a combination of different factors. Yeah, we've definitely had to manage expectations generally (laughs) to say that we're not going to be able to do this every single holiday or every single year, uh, for sure. I think we've mentioned it in terms of lightning in a bottle, and you may only get it one time. But we continue to take learnings from that and certainly have in place means of attracting attention and bringing emotion to what we produce to be able to give people something that they can relate to. So it's it's not even as much about our brand and our product as it is about getting people to meaningfully connect with those in their lives. So when we came back with the Thankless movement, which is helping to reinforce our mission, which is to make the world a more thoughtful and caring place, we focused on the idea of gratitude and the simple expression of gratitude that can improve the world, but improve small relationships day to day. And the documentary videos that we produced as part of that movement, were really taking the time to focus on one individual and someone who is really important to that individual. And and we gave them the opportunity to thank them in person. And and so the emotion that came out of that and the the feelings and the, the gratitude 
was again another way to enable people to feel something and when people can feel something they're more likely to share it so yes it does benefit us to be connected to something like that but it also has a greater message of helping people to remember to express gratitude for those in their lives and really take the time to connect with them and are you producing most of the content in-house or is it a mix i know you mentioned mullen on the on the fabulous campaign are you doing a mix of internal and external content or is it all done internally at this point we do a mix so yes, we work very closely with Mullen Lowe on our larger campaign level initiatives, but I am fortunate to have a, an in-house content marketing team that oh, fabulous. the majority of our day-to-day content for our social channels, as well as our emails and our landing pages. Fabulous. And what would you say is the biggest challenge that you face at American Greetings? I, I, the success is unbelievable, but I'd love to know what, what is one of the challenges that you see. Well, fortunately, there are not too many greeting card emergencies that we have to handle. <laughs> That's true. Yes, but we we face challenges just like other brands. And I think you just hit on it a few minutes ago. Our biggest challenge, I think, is finding new ways to reach, engage, and connect with fans. That's different. And so we look for opportunities on a regular basis. We know what's coming in the future in terms of holidays are happening and people are going to have birthdays. And we even know when award shows are happening and other events that are going on in people's lives, but we also get together as a team every day in what we call our newsroom to look at what's trending online. What does the internet care about that day? Are there things that people are thinking and talking about that we could join into conversations that were where we could add some value, but also um, be true to our brand? So we're constantly looking at ways that we can interact with people and, and add value to their day, but in a way that makes sense for our brand portfolio. And I think that's the ongoing challenge is how do you do that without entering into conversations where you shouldn't be participating and you know, making some of the missteps that make the headlines. We try to avoid those as much as possible. Absolutely. And what about, is it interesting, have you ever looked at the fact that we're all online so much more, uh, a, an actual physical card cuts through the clutter in a way that it didn't used to almost. It almost used to be more common that you would you know, expect to receive something in the mail. But I, I think that there's something so great about uh, receiving a physical card now that is more impactful because of the online constant online communication and connection. Uh, have you have you seen that as a trend and have you seen people kind of appreciating that more than they have before? Or is it just that the world always loves thoughtfulness? No, I think, well, I would love to think that the world always loves thoughtfulness. They do, they do. More of that. <laughs> Who doesn't love thoughtfulness? But you know what I mean, right? It's like we're so yeah. connected all the time that like receiving a card is just a something really special. It is, and I think it's a, it's still a very nice way to show the thought and the effort and put that into a way to acknowledge whether it's a special occasion or just letting someone know that you're thinking about them. It is different, and it, it does take a little bit more time to do that, but I think it is appreciated, and it's appreciated by a new generation of card buyers, which is obviously good for our business, but of we course. also recognize that there is a time and a place for 
the use of social media as well. We don't see that as a threat. We need, we know it's one other means of mm-hmm. communicating that people use. And it's great to be able to acknowledge a birthday with an HBD on Facebook, but there are also times <laughs> that we want to demonstrate a little bit more love and a greeting card is a great way to do that. I actually think it's a tremendous opportunity for you guys. I, I absolutely love it. And so tell me a little bit about how you deal with the rapidly changing nature of social. Do you jump into a network First, do you wait? Is it a, you know, where are you in that sort of philosophy of um, where American Greetings uh, is and isn't? That's a good good question, too. We try to be very thoughtful about where we enter because we want to be able to sustain a meaningful presence wherever we go. We don't want to just launch to be there. So we evaluate, first, why consumers are there. And if they're there purely to interact with friends and family and they have no reason for brands to talk with them, then it's not, it doesn't make sense for us to try to engage in that kind of an area. So we look at why consumers are there. We look at what we could do to help add value to their day-to-day, whether it's giving them some inspirational quote that they can share with someone else, or it's our take on a trending topic that could be relevant or some other type of inspiration. We, we really look at what we could do there to add value. So I wouldn't say that we're on the bleeding edge of new channels because we need to understand first how we can add value, but we are willing to test and learn once we're there and make a commitment to producing great content that's going to be action worthy and compelling. And I would imagine it all ties back to the three, right? Does it build a brand? Does it help you gain insights? And can you ultimately convert? I think is really, I love how simply and effectively you, you put that forth. Um, it's a great case for the center of excellence because it really does give you like a cornerstone for what you're doing in the organization. Thank you. Yeah. It's a great filter to help us with our work day to day too. Incredible. And so Don, where should people follow American greetings and where should they follow you? You can follow American Greetings at Facebook and Twitter, as well as Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and our blogs. And you can follow me. I'm on Twitter at Wait Dawn, but I don't actually tweet. I use that more to follow what's going on with industry thought leaders like yourself and like Likeable Media and other agencies. I think it's a great place to learn, uh, but I'm Well, it's for gaining insights there. Exactly. (laughs) You're lurking. So is the best place maybe to connect with you might be LinkedIn then? That's right. Awesome. Dawn, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're one fabulous social lady. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.